first opponent stood in front of me, backed me against the wall, armed to the teeth. I was afraid to fight back. I was afraid to step out. This opponent that would lead me down the path of destruction without so much as a rope tied around my neck. I would just follow my opponent to the slaughter. My opponent bore huge weapons of short-term pleasure and immediate gratification. I felt like a lamb being taken to the slaughter. And I was powerless, I thought, to fight my enemy. My enemy had me convinced that resistance was futile and I was too weak to fight back. Welcome to Attitudes in Sexual Integrity. My name is Russ Shaw. This is episode number eight. Thanks for joining me today. Hope you're ready for battle. Today I'm going to see if I can motivate you to get your heart in shape. Try to get you to do a little cardio. I'm not talking about the heart that pumps blood. I'm talking about the other heart. Part of the essence of who you are. Where God lives inside you. I hope you can relate to my opening paragraph there today. Because that's exactly how I felt. My heart was weak. I didn't think I could fight this thing. I I tried so many times and failed that my heart started to just give in. But the battle is for our heart. Your opponent wants to keep you captive. This fierce thing standing over you wants to keep you locked up. God came to set our hearts free. You know that the short-term gratification of giving in to your sexual urges is destroying you, I believe, or you wouldn't be listening to my voice. You know your heart isn't in control anymore. Your flesh has taken over. When you're not in control of your sexuality, when you're not in control of your urges and, and your direction... That's when you realize that you're captive. And today I want to integrate some of the stuff I've talked about in past shows and, and get you a new outlook on uh, carrying the day. How are you going to get through today? Taking it a day at a time. I know that sounds like a strategy of a 12-step kind of program, but uh, it's a step. It's a step you need to take. Taking this thing one day at a time carrying each day into victory. Take it on your opponent today and not looking at your life as this huge thing you have to keep battling. How is it going to go for you today? Are you going to take your thoughts captive today? Or are you going to start mustering up the courage to fight back? It takes these little steps. In the last episode I talked about resolution. 
make it a real resolution, something that you've decided upon and you're going to stick to be committed to the process of fighting your opponent until your opponent gets to the point where it's not towering over you anymore. That's why I need your emails. It's russ at digitalaudioproject.com because after fighting this thing for a while and you start to get stronger and your heart starts to get to the point where it's no longer beaten down by this thing, I'll tell you, I start to forget how big this thing was standing over me and what what kind of a impact it had on my life at the time when it was dominating me. It's kind of like God takes away some of that disappointment, some of that frustration memory. I don't remember as much about how in pain I was anymore. It's kind of like how women forget the pain of childbirth, I guess. Got an email from a guy, and that's kind of what I based episode six on. A couple of emails, and and uh, that stuff is is powerful, helping me go back to the place. And I remember where I was in the battle at that time. The best way to follow a soldier through a minefield is to walk in his footsteps. And this is a dark, cloudy, foggy area. And sometimes when I look back over the footsteps I've taken through the minefield, it's hard to remember which steps I took at the time. But if you're out there and you want to put your hand up and say, Hey, I'm over here. I need to know which steps to take next or how can you guide me through this minefield. Or maybe you know which steps to take. This was kind of one for me. I knew which steps I should take, but I was afraid to put my foot out on the next step. I was afraid to follow that next point. Well, what if they planted a mine under here since you were gone last? And they put your footprint over to make it look like I'm going to step on a mine. How do I take this next step? That's what my counselors helped me out with a lot of that. Some some cases I had no place to step. I had no idea where I was going to go from here. In some places I did know where I was supposed to go, what steps I was supposed to take, but I was afraid to take them. Or I didn't... I, it was fear, basically. I didn't have a lot of strength in my heart. My weapons were dull and rusty and I had this opponent that scared the crap out of me. So I spent a lot of time in counseling and I spent a lot of time praying and reading the Bible and finding out what scared me, what held me back from facing my opponent. Because now my opponent has gotten to the point where it's not even that scary anymore. It's not even that... uh, doesn't have that towering effect over me anymore. I tower over my opponent now. My opponent's still there. Still taking stabs at me. Still trying to get me to fail. Still trying to get me to fall. Still trying to get me to forget. Forget God. Forget the stuff I've been through. Forget where I've come from. So today, I still fight a battle. But my opponent is a lot smaller than I am in the sexual integrity issue. 
I now tower over my opponent. But my opponent tries to dig up new strategies. But the battle is for today. And today I'm confident. I'm confident that I can kick my opponent aside like a soccer ball. And I pray that's where you get to. You get to that point someday. Because I remember feeling like you, man. I, I remember feeling like a lot of you just feeling like this thing is just so big. So fierce. So incredibly scary. It has complete control, I thought. It's not true. So I want you to get up and do some cardio. Do some heart work. Do some heart training so you're going to get in that boxing ring again you're going to get out there in the world you're going to have this stuff thrown in your face again and you have the choice to take captive your thoughts and even beyond taking captive your thoughts taking captive your attitudes some of this stuff some of this getting in the ring with your opponent it's not just sexual imagery being thrown in your face. It's not just the fact that you're alone and you're having a hard time fighting, getting in front of the computer, watching that DVD, that videotape. Some of this getting in the ring with your opponent is the fact that you get in your car and it doesn't start. Things are falling apart around you. You have a fight with your wife. One of your kids is, is struggling. Discipline issues. Troubles at work. These are all your opponent trying to push you back to that place. Or are they going to hit you with those weapons of the short-term gratification? little pleasure for you. And you know it's destroying you. Destroying your relationships. Destroying your marriage. Destroying your future marriage. I want to read you something here. It's uh, from Isaiah. Can plunder be taken from warriors or captives rescued from the fierce? But this is what the Lord says. Yes, captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce. I will contend with those who contend with you and your children I will save. I will make your oppressors eat their own flesh and they will be drunk on their own blood as with wine. Then all mankind will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior, your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. And that's Isaiah 49, 24 through 26. And I think that's some Old Testament prophecy on how Jesus came to free our hearts. Our hearts are being oppressed, taken captive, and Jesus came to set us free from all that. And without getting into a big theological type of discussion here, I want to prepare you that God wants to bring you into the gym and work out your heart. And this is what I want you to hone in on here. I want you to focus in on the workout. The workout of your heart, it comes from the inside, and that's important. It doesn't it's not something necessarily that's shoved in from the outside of you. When I first started trying to fight this thing on my own, I would, you know, I got books and listened to some audio programs and on tapes. And I 
try to shove information in my head from the outside. I was trying to fill my brain, which is part of my flesh. And feeding your brain is fine. It's good. You should read those books and do that stuff. But you've got to do a little more. You've got to get into the gym and work out the muscle of your heart. If we want to work out our physical muscles, you know, we go to the gym and we start lifting weights and we start working out our muscles. We stretch first and then, you know, you get on the machine and you start working out. And you're not going to see results overnight. And a lot of this has to do with your diet, too. But it comes from the inside. Your muscles are built... I mean, there's not some magic cream that you can buy and, you know, you rub all of your body and your muscles get bigger. That's what I'm trying to illustrate here. Your heart needs to be filled from the inside. I didn't realize that, being a guy who went to church and raised in the church most of my life until I just got fed up. And I think I got fed up with the old church because I was trying to shove this stuff in from the outside of me. I was taught that you have to be good. My pastor said, kind of got through my head finally, was that you can't shove this inside from the outside of you. You can't take the law, the rules, you know, this, well, the Bible's just this big book of rules. You can't take all that and try and shove it on top of you and try and force yourself to be good to be good enough. It has to come from in your heart. It has to flow out of you from the inside. Because God's in there. If you're a Christian, God's in your heart already. You just need to work out your heart. I mean, for a long time, I neglected my heart. I would try and put barriers around my heart. Because my heart's always, your heart's always there. It's not something that you can just put on a shelf and forget about. It's always there. It's part of your essence. It's part of who you are. But a lot of us will put a stony type of crust around it. We'll put a shell around our heart to protect it from being hurt, to protect it from being abused, to protect it from the challenges of life. I had this kind of shoot-me-again-I-ain't-dead-yet attitude. I'm tough. I can take it. Hit me again. It wasn't pushing me forward. It was keeping me in my old flashy self. It was keeping me captive. I would put those big shields up in front of my eight-foot-tall enemy, and my enemy would just smash him. But at least I felt like it wasn't hitting me, you know? I felt like if I could put this stony shell around my heart, it wasn't hurting me. But it was. And I could see the devastation around me through my relationship with my wife, with my kids. When my heart had a shell around it, when I had my shield up, I wasn't feeling what else was going on around me. I wasn't... I didn't have my feelers out there. I didn't... I was cold. I was hard-hearted. So the first thing I want you to do in exercising your heart is to let your guard down a little bit. Your heart's probably pretty beat up. It's probably been pretty wounded over the years. And you feel like you have this guard around you to keep you safe. But part of exercise, part of exercising your heart, part of getting your heart ready for battle, and I think this is really step one, 
might have to do a series on this because I don't think I'm going to have enough time to cover all this in one episode. You know, part of letting your guard down is realizing that, you know, I, I might get hurt. But Russ, if I put these shields down, somebody's going to stab me. Somebody's going to take a shot at me. You know, if you've got this towering opponent standing over you, you're going to feel a little bit like the uh, the seventh grader in junior high who just stood up to the ninth grader. And you're going to feel like, whoa, what, did I, what just came out of my mouth? What did I just say? I'm going to get my butt kicked here. Let down the defensiveness. Stop trying to defend your heart so much. Trying to play defense when it comes to your heart so much. A way to put this into action, I think, is if you're going to a church and, you know, I, I part of going to the gym is going to church, man. I pray that you're doing that. Even if you don't believe in God, I still have a struggle with God, Russ. Well, you know what? Go to church anyway. It's a good place where there's a lot of people there. Most of the people at church, I'd say a good majority of the people at church are all on a path of trying to improve themselves, improve their spirit. They're all on a flesh versus spirit battle. And when you get around those type of folks, start to open up a little. And not everybody is safe at church. I realize that. I know that. But let let yourself open up a little bit and talk to people. Shake someone's hand. Get touchy with people, you know? Let down your guard a little bit. That can be real difficult for some of you. It was difficult for me. After I'd built this shell around my heart, I didn't want to talk to folks. I didn't want to open up. I was locked in my own little prison. I had a big barbed wire fence around my heart, and I would maybe shake hands. Being in sales, I could do a lot of that stuff on a biomechanical level. But let your heart get involved a little bit. Let your heart be challenged by opening up to other people and start to get involved a little bit with their lives, get involved with what's going on. How are you doing today? Just talk to somebody like that. This might sound stupid. It might sound, I know that's just kind of goofy, but you know what? This is an exercise for your heart. It is a simple little exercise to start getting you to open your heart up a little bit and feel a little bit more. And little by little, your heart muscle gets stronger. Keep going to the gym. I I pray that if you have a small group ministry in your church, you get involved in that. Going to church every Sunday is great. I do that. I go to two services most of the time. There's a different message in each service, and I try and hit both of them. And a lot of the times, especially in the morning, I don't always feel like being a touchy-feely, friendly, warm guy. I got a shield in front of me, and it's the flesh. You know, my flesh is tired or whatnot, and I'm I'm putting a, a shield up around my heart. And I'm not always good at that. I'm getting better with the exercise. I get better. But I want to be a life giver. And that's part of the exercise, is be, putting your heart out there and being a, a charger, being a, a life giver. When you have a shield up in front of your heart, when you have a stone around your heart, you're more of a life taker than a giver, just in your conversations, social interactions with people. Do you give life or do you take it? Do you build people up? Do you make people feel good about being around you? Make people feel good about life? 
Or do you sit around with the other 7th graders on the little table in the lunchroom and complain about how the bullies are pushing you around? Or are you talking about how you're fighting back? Or are you talking about just expanding your heart? Just being warm to people? That's getting on the treadmill, man. That's getting out there and working your heart when it's uncomfortable, when you're tired, when you don't feel like it. Your heart's still in there going, man, I'm beat up here, captive. My neighbor, my new neighbor that just moved in next door is a personal trainer. I went and introduced myself and met his friends and stuff. And it's being around a, a guy like a personal trainer makes you... It's like infectious. You start feeling like, you know, maybe I ought to be working out a little more. You know, what can I do? <laughs> be in better shape to feel better, like you do. And people will get that from you. You'll start to be infectious. And I know that sounds like a big goal, and yet you're not even close to being there yet. But if you keep working on this, you will. So, that is your first exercise I want you to take on. Remember, this show should never take place of uh, counsel or psychotherapy or in any way you need to if you need to see a counselor if you're seeing a counselor I challenge you to keep doing that but be discerning with your counselor I hope that you're not with a counselor who is not really pushing you forward is just sitting there and listening to you and it's not always the counselor's fault sometimes they can get into the uh, mundane trap of life too and instead of moving you forward just sit there and listen I pray if you're not going to a counselor who's not working out your heart, you don't feel like you're getting anywhere, find a new counselor. It's an action step. My first counselor was great, but I didn't feel like he was reaching me at a heart level after a while. I started feeling like I wasn't moving forward, so I went and found another counselor who reached me more at a heart level. Not to say my first counselor was bad, I just outgrew him, I believe, in my own process. But I just want to reiterate that. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychotherapist. And this show should never take any you know, be any replacement for that. I'm just uh, like a personal trainer, I guess, for your heart. I'm here to show you the steps I took to let God fill my heart. Stop letting my flesh get in the way. Because God is right there with you. He's right there in the gym with you. And He's rooting for you. He's carrying you at times. Even when you don't feel it. Even when you're mad. Even when you're irritated with Him. He loves you. The death of Christ on the cross is a huge reminder that He has arisen and He wants to take up residence in your heart. It's a gift. It's been given to you. You can't earn it. No matter how hard you try. So that's episode number 8 on this series called Exercising Your Heart. Exercise number one is let your guard down. Put that into practice. Go back and listen to this show again. Remember you have an opponent. And remember that other action step I told you before in the first, but almost all my episodes. Never forget it. I'm going to keep repeating it. And that is when that uh, big ogre of an enemy of yours is over there flicking sparks at you. Those little sexual thoughts, those little weird images that float into your brain that come hurling into your mind, keep snuffing them out. 
snuff out those little images. Keep doing that. Keep practicing that. It's a, it's rebuilding its your neural pathways. Your flesh, your mind is addicted to those chemicals that run through your brain when you when you feed your flesh, when you feed your lust. When you let those thoughts go to places that you know are going to cause you to fail. When that enemy of yours is putting his finger up and saying, come here, let's go, I'll beat the crap out of you again. you got to remember that's what he's saying, or she, however your enemy looks to you. Just keep stuffing out them little sparks. Let's get out to the gym, exercise that heart of yours. One of the content of today's show comes from a book by John Eldridge called Waking the Dead. It's all about the heart. The battle is over your heart. Your heart is important territory. It's very important ground and it cannot be taken over by the enemy. It can't be taken over by your flesh. It's God's. I remember a story of a woman who was a drug addict, prostitute, totally overcome by an addiction to meth. And through an intervention, she was brought home and was looking through a photo album, looking at pictures. She saw a picture of herself as a child, probably three or four years old, wearing a little summer dress. And in that moment, she saw a glimpse of her heart, her own heart. And she started to mourn over what she had done to it, over what this big beast, this enemy, this fierce, huge, ogre-like thing had kicked her and beat her, raped her, pummeled her, if she would just have fought back. And she bawled and cried when she saw that picture. I thought that was a great, a great illustration of our hearts. So get that book. It's uh, Waking the Dead, John Eldridge. I'm going to leave you with a song today. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll come along for the ride. I hope you'll uh, go to the gym with me over the next few weeks here. I dare you to move. I dare you to get up. Start working that heart of yours. That's a switch foot. Thanks for listening. Everyone's here Everyone's here Everybody's watching you now Everybody waits for you now What happens next? What happens next? I dare you to Welcome to the fire. Welcome to the